I see confidence as a muscle. So you'd work, wouldn't you, to yeah. build up your muscle, to build up your strength. Well, confidence is just the same. Mm. So it's a lot of those built-up experiences yeah. over time, right? Yeah. It's not something that's going to come straight away. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think it's... Uh, someone else described it as confidence as a practice. And we naturally practice to be good at anything we want to be good at. And mm-hmm. confidence is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess in terms of the muscle, the more you work at it, the stronger it becomes. And welcome to episode 18 of the Box Portsmouth podcast. My name is Claire Marsh and for those of you that have listened to our previous podcast episodes, you'll note I am a new host and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank George Byrne for all the fantastic podcasts that he's hosted leading up to this point. If you haven't had a chance to have a listen, head back to the previous episodes from 2019 to 2020. Lots of great conversations there. So why has it been so long until a new episode has been recorded? That's been on me, I'll be honest. Confidence has been holding me back. This is not something I am used to. This is not something I am necessarily comfortable with. I'm very much out of my comfort zone in hosting a podcast. Now I know making that first step into something new is difficult and something that holds a lot of people back. So I really hope that you gain a lot out of the next conversation with Gail Tong from Enrichment Coaching. Now Gail is an accredited coach and she works with individuals and teams to help them gain clarity and courage to take action to build confidence. We have a great conversation, we learn all about how Gail has become a confidence coach, how she helps others take action to do something very new. We talk a lot about confidence as a learned behaviour, describing it as a muscle that is made up of built-up experience over time and something that you practice. What impacts confidence? We talk about dealing with failure, how to regard failure, And we also touch upon things like the procrastination cycle, comparison to others and self-doubt versus imposter syndrome. So throughout the conversation we talk about many different books and resources. I will put those books and resources in the show notes if you would like to have any further reading. Also Gail has her own hosted podcast called Confidence Conversations which you can access via her social media platforms at Enrichment Coaching or via her website, enrichmentcoaching.co.uk. So without further ado, I'll let you head on over to the conversation. Enjoy. So here we go. The podcast is back. I think, to be honest, confidence has been my main thing, holding me back to obviously in a bit of knowledge of how to technically set up a podcast, which George has now helped me with. But yeah, definitely confidence has been holding me back in just making that leap to do a podcast. So I thought, who best to be on my first podcast than a confidence coach? So today here with me, I have Gail Tong. Um, and I'm right, am I right in saying that's your title, a confidence yeah, coach? Yeah, kind of. It's funny, isn't it, how we describe ourselves? And I have a bit of a battle with how I describe myself. Because often when you say you're a coach, people I've seen people like roll their eyes and go, oh my God, not another coach. 
But I think, and as we go on to talk, and people listening will get to a feel for my style. Um, but yeah, confidence is, is what I talk about a lot because, like you've just quite rightly said, it holds you back. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, described in many, many ways. I'm, I'm sure we're going to come on to talk about that. But yeah, so yeah, confidence coach kind of sums it up quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, so welcome. I didn't even say that right at the start. <laughs> um, welcome to we're currently uh, recording in the box office. I love calling it that because I've always wanted to call it. But I've got a box office. Box office. <laughs> Sounds very yeah. theatrical, doesn't it? <laughs> so, um, how long have you been a confidence coach? Wow. So my I'm a retailer at heart, right? Okay. So I've got um, over twenty years experience in retail. And, but I've always loved the people element of that. So as a yeah. retail manager, that's kind of where I started out. I did a degree in retail management, not that it teaches you how to run a store or interact with people or anything, or we didn't at the time. And I've always been interested in the people element. So I kind of started off with a training focus, as it was mm-hmm. called back then when I did my degree, or yeah. 20 odd years ago, <laughs> however long ago it was. And um, people were all, I was always inspired and intrigued by how people reacted to things and how they learn and how they you know, learnt new things or how they reacted to failure and things like that. Is that as a kind of a team that you maybe used to manage yeah. or was that the customers as well? Or, or, well, ma- yeah, teams. Yeah, the team, yeah, teams. Yeah. So um, I I went, I, I realised that retail had picked me up and carried me along and dropped me out of the side and I'm like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I developed my store team so that they had almost made myself redundant in a way they didn't need me. Right. So I thought, do you know what? And I did a lot of training of new managers for other stores. And I love, I just loved it. I just loved the com- seeing them grow in confidence when they were learning their craft almost or learning the new the way of doing something. So I um, decided to take myself off and get qualified mm-hmm. as a trainer, as it was back then. I think now it's a fancy diploma in learning and development. Mm-hmm. And then um, I found myself in a learning and development role, although it was called training officer back then in 2008, I think that was. Um, And throughout my career, I've always done an element of coaching because you just naturally do. Everybody coaches to a certain extent. Yeah, naturally you want to kind of help people along the way. Yeah, exactly. But I I realised through delivering coaching training, um, you know, workshops in a a corporate environment, like most learning and development people will do, that actually there was something more to coaching, that it wasn't actually about helping people. It was about helping people realise what they could do and not solutionising and not giving them the answers. Mm -hmm. So again, I went off and got qualified. So um, about I've been qualified now for about five years. Mm -hmm. Um, and also in the coaching world, I'm also an accredited practitioner with one of the awarding bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to do a certain amount of hours to be accredited. Yeah. So, and I think this is why I struggle a little bit with the whole coach thing, <laughs> is because people, anyone call, can call themselves a coach, but actually in terms of my coaching, I've spent quite a lot of time learning my learning my craft. Yes. And that's a very long way to explain all of that, but there we go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're called coaches in the Box Portsmouth as well, but similarly, likewise, we go through a fair bit of training to be able to hold that title, right? Yeah. Um, and like yourself, that's the main thing that we do is, like, help people kind of push past limits, push past, past those boundaries, yes. be it physical in essence, but actually in what we do here, there's so much mental effort that goes into that as well. And actually... You know, um, I've just launched a new course and it's called Lifting for Confidence and hence why, you know, this podcast is all around confidence mm. as well because there might be a few people thinking about going on to that course and the course mm. is aimed at building people's 
confidence and self-esteem through lifting weights, using kind of the weights as an anchor to sort of help them transfer mm. what they learn into other aspects of life. Because I've seen in my time coaching, like it's just so powerful. Like when you physically can can move and overcome challenges, the mental thought process that links with that is so powerful and it can transfer into like many, many other aspects of life. Um, but I guess the first thing most people would struggle with was just taking that first step, right? Similar to me set up the podcast, just mm-hmm. making that first step. Is that what you find people's yeah, all, sort of hang ups are, I guess? Yeah, all the time. I think I I think I, over the over the time that so I've been running my own business enrichment coaching for three years and I think over that time I've been able to define the kind of coach that I am and I know I'm all about taking action. Yes. So and I think that's the retailer background in me. So when you talk about that first step you know, you can spend all the money you want to on a on a coach, you know, on a physical coach, on a mental coach, whatever you want to do, whatever kind of coaching. But that coaching is only going to work if you're prepared to put in the change mm. and you're prepared to do the work. Mm. And you've got um, a really good saying, haven't you, to get uh, people to take action. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's pulling up your big pants. Yeah. Pull up your big pants <laughs> and go off and do it. Yeah. And, and that's become... I'm not a big believer in kind of mantras and affirmations because I think sometimes... We adopt them and they don't really mean anything. They don't spur us into action. But that um, pull up your big pants is something that actually gets quoted back at me quite yeah. a lot. Even in my own house, it does as well. Um, and, I, and I think it, it is something that has become a mantra that is, you know, it just... I almost describe it like a superhero putting on a cape, right? It makes you stand tall and you yeah. put the, the, the physical action, there's that word again, action of, of pulling those pants up. Is, yeah, is, it's that, that presence, that kind of anchor thought is that kind of a thing in yeah 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 because I mean I used to teach dance um and a lot of that is about performance and going on stage um and a lot of the time I would be teaching the kids right it's all about posture and when you switch into that action like pulling up your big pants then like take a few deep breaths and and just go for it right um I just want to come back to something that you mentioned earlier about coaching in the in kind of the your industry if you like I was going to say the sports industry but I'm not sure that was quite the right phrase but that is kind of where coaching started Mm -hmm. so um there's a book by um a really well-known coach called Sir John Whitmore and he is coaching started in the sporting profession um and it was all about you know not saying to somebody who is playing golf or playing tennis or that was a crap shot or that you know you didn't do that it's about saying well how did that feel you know getting the person to come up with those answers for themselves because often in coaching and I'm sure you find this that the person knows what they've got to do yes or how they want to do it they just need a bit of help to unpick that to get to that to that point yeah I guess it's a lot of emotional intelligence emotional awareness coming into that right so you have all these feelings of nervousness to to get going with something and it's kind of understanding that that's a normal feeling you need need that level of anxiety to go and take action that's what your body's set up to do but learning how to control that and then you know lose I mean we're not speaking for me I think the reason and I'll ask you about this and how what you think about how much of confidence might relate to childhood experiences as well because I mean Speaking for me, I've developed through being a coach and standing up and speaking in front of a class of people. But my gosh, when I used to go to school, the thought of just standing up and even speaking one line was absolutely petrifying to me. And I think I've got that experience just so ingrained in my head. And then I've got quite a high pitched voice. So when I was younger, 
people used to call me mouse and stuff like that. So that was all being ingrained into my sort of thought process. Mm. Um, so even now, you know, to speak on a microphone in front of people, I have to take a moment for every, every single class I'm in front of, take a moment and be like, come on, you can do this. You've done it a million times. So yeah. is that is that quite a common thing, do you think? God, yeah, and I, I think... I think the thing about confidence is it's a learned behaviour. Mm-hmm. It, it's it takes practice. So all of the stuff that you've just said, but I I think that we um, our confidence is affected. It's almost like a roller coaster, if you like. I'm waving my hands around like a roller coaster because we're on a podcast <laughs> and clearly people can see. Um, but I I think that's how it goes. And I think when we're young, we probably have a level of confidence when we're really little that we don't care. So the really little you. There's a great picture that I've shared before on social media of me in my nan and granddad's back garden. I've got like the shortest hot pants on. I mean, God, I mean, must we're talking late 70s. <laughs> but I look, when you look at me, I'm in this really confident pose. And I bet I was probably being bossy. I was probably, you know, making up some dance routine or something like yeah. that. But then I think, like you say, you know, you go to school, you maybe get bullied. I was certainly bullied at school. And, and that had a real impact um, on me. Um, and and I think that that knocks your confidence. Mm-hmm. But I I did dancing as a teenager, mm-hmm. and I think that was good for me because, like you, I think it was you practice, you go on stage, you practice and practice and practice until you become that person or that confidence person or confident person. And I I think that ooh, I think there was lots of things that impact our confidence, but we don't often stop to think about what they what they might have been. Yeah, yeah. We just get too hung up in the fact that it. it it makes me feel a little bit unnerved. I'm not going to do it. And there's the fear piece, isn't it? The yeah. thing that holds us back is that, oh, well, that didn't go very well last time, so I'm not, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. Because actually I have a bit of a saying of, do you know what, almost um, take the fail. And for me, running my own business in the last three years, I've had to have this big kind of... Um, You've just got to do it. Back to there. You've got to put your big pants and do it, because if you don't, you're never going to know. Um, and for me, fail means first action in learning. And I've kind of switched oh, my that's mindset. Good. I love I love acronyms. Yeah, well, <laughs> we the oh, we're going to go on then here. Yeah. What's well, a first <laughs> action in, in learning. learning? That is brilliant. I'm going to probably nick that from yeah. you. So, so you're not failing. Not nick it. I will yeah, obviously honour your acronym. It's all about sharing. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's about saying I'm not going to fail because whatever happens, I'm going to learn from it. Absolutely. So you go down one road and it's maybe not the right path. You maybe get a bit lost. That's fine because you've learned. I also heard another good quote the other day. It was, every winner was a beginner. Totally. Rhyming one as well. Yeah. There you I, go. <laughs> I mean, even that's, the, that's winning, isn't it? That yeah. Was, yeah, but it's true, isn't it? Mm. Even the expert. In, yeah, in and I think, I think maybe as we get older as adults, because, you know, you've got a few years behind you, this, that and the other, like the, the thought of failing or, you know, even if it's in front of younger people, in front of your peers... That can get too much sometimes, right? And one of our mantras here is be coachable, have courage, have courage, be coachable, stay committed is our kind of three Mm. mantras. And part of that coachability, if someone comes into the gym and they think they know it all, they're not going to be a very good member because we want people to come in and sort of want to learn and... Be, not be afraid to fail because in you know in the physical things we do you have you physically have to fail to get stronger mm-hmm. with a pull up for example with various movements there's no you know the, the, how you strength train you need to go through um, reps of failure to to sort of get your muscles to, to build stronger yeah. so 
it'd be yeah for people to do that in everyday scenario I think right I think that just needs to be sort of more ingrained into maybe children it's it's okay to fail I think I think schools are doing okay at doing that anyway but you know that failure and I love like I say what you said the, the acronym there is just a brilliant way to describe that. I think as well it depends how we describe failure in our own kind of heads and what and what failure is um, because we only learn from the things that we don't get right. Like you've just said, you know, you mm. learn. I mean, I fell over when I was out running last February. I mean, I learned quite a lot from that. First of all, that it hurt, hurts a lot more when you're older than <laughs> when you're like five and you run at, you fall over. Um, but it, I lost my confidence mm-hmm. because, I mean, I've been out running for years, mm-hmm. but it was quite a bad fall. Um, fortunately, I wasn't very far from home. I mean, I did have my big pants on that day, but I got mud in them. That's how that's how good I fell. Um, but it knocked my confidence and I didn't go out. It, even yeah. just to walk on that route where I'd fallen just f- made me feel quite anxious and, and fearful. Yeah. Um, so, but then I was like, you know what, I've got to get back out because I can't, I love my running, I can't, you know. And, and I think the other thing to say is as well in, in, you know, you talking about reps and things like that, I see confidence as a muscle. Okay. So you'd work, wouldn't you, to yeah. build up your muscle, to build up your strength. Well, confidence is just the same. Mm. So it's a lot of those built-up experiences yeah. over time, right? Yeah. It's not something that's going to come straight away. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think it's... Uh, someone else described it as confidence as a practice. And we naturally practice to be good at anything we want to be good at. And mm-hmm. confidence is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess in terms of the muscle, the more you work at it, the stronger it becomes. Yeah. So what would you advise people, obviously, like yourself, that have been out running, had a little bit of a knock, I guess, self-esteem and, you know, just physical fear of, you know, maybe that happening again. How would, what would you, advice would you say to them to sort of put up their big pants, get on with it again, mm. if it was a particularly bad tumble or whatever? That's a great question. Mm. I think what I did a couple of days after, I walked the route right. that I'd run. So start I start again quite slowly. Yeah, so yeah. I could actually just see well, what, what actually happened, because it all kind of happens in a blur, doesn't it? You think, yeah. oh, I'm falling, I'm falling. Then you're so concerned with what you've hurt and maybe where the blood's coming from or whatever <laughs> that is. I've fallen over a couple of times running, um, but not quite as bad as that. And then I think... Um, I waited until my physical wounds had healed. Um, And then I was like, I have a mindset of, I've got to do it. I've just got to go out and do it. Because if I don't do it now, Mm -hmm. the longer you leave it, the worse it's going to become and the more you're going to overthink it. Mm -hmm. And I picked a different route and it was a completely flat route. So I almost didn't have to cross any roads. Mm -hmm. I didn't overcomplicate it. I made it simple. And I think that's the other thing is, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate things because then you can't, there's less overthinking can happen. Yeah. So yeah. just keep it simple. And I think, I mean, I've I've um, read and listened to a lot of Mel Robbins mm. stuff um, mm. on the 54321 rule. So what she talks about there is switching your brain into an action by giving yourself a countdown, right? And then in doing that, you're stopping what is known as the procrastination cycle, which def... I mean, before I even listened to that, I didn't realise how much just thinking about something... You can't, your brain kind of stops you from doing it, right? It yeah. kind of says, no, do you know what? I'm, not, I'm good sat in my chair, doing nothing. I'm nice and safe. I don't want to get up and do the washing up. Oh, I've got to get up and do the washing up or, you know, go and do the laundry or I've got to go and do that workout that I really don't want to do because I know it's going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not, go- not going the easiest way for your brain to say, so I don't do it then. Yeah. Um- and it's important to remember that our brains are hardwired for negative thinking, right? So they're always going to think of the negative first. And this kind of comes from when we were cavemen, 
and mm-hmm. women. Let's just be, you know, PC here. Yeah. Um, but when in in those days, we had to survive, didn't we? We had to protect ourselves from threats, from animals, and and that kind of thing. Um, and that's when we developed the kind of the fight or flight. Yeah. Yep. But our brains will always go to the negative side of things first. And let's not forget as well that um, a lot of the fear that we have around whatever we want to do, or, you know, I, I, I mean, like, clearly we're exaggerating here, we say the fear of the washing up, but it's something <laughs> we don't want to do, oh God, you know. Yeah. Um, but actually, this is all perceived fear. It's what we're thinking about. It's not real fear. Um, and it's the perceived fear that holds us back from doing something. Mm. And I think that that's important to also kind of to, to separate to separate it from yeah yeah and but sometimes it can really eat you up right oh, yeah. I mean even thinking about what you've got to do the next day if you've got a particularly busy day at work and it's just it gets sets you worry I mean similarly another speaking example from my life when I used to be an accountant I used to have to deliver the monthly report to the um the kind of CEO and I used to be physically shaking getting out of my car to do that mm-hmm. it would like eat up my morning eat up my night before and then, you know, in that meeting, I just couldn't, you know, be stumbling through my words and then I'd just be really beating myself up afterwards. And there's just that fear, like that thought process and that then that led into the actual event then. Mm. I was not very good at controlling that. But I think I'd be a lot better now. But... I did not know you were an accountant. How did I not know that? <laughs> Revelations. In a past life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's another podcast altogether. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I know... Um, uh, the five, four, three, two, one rule. Going back to that, obviously, that so switches you into that mm. action, that action point. And I think when we set a timer in the gym, people are normally a little bit nervous before they do a workout. We put clock on ten down to one, and hopefully that gets people. You know, I know it gets people switched into like right, okay, and that adrenaline will flow, and yeah. they'll, they'll get ready to to rock and roll. Then. It's something else to focus on as well, isn't it? Because suddenly yes. your focus is shifting from oh god, I don't know what to do to ten, nine, eight, seven. It, it's that it's that kind of yeah. feeling. You shift in the the focus aren't you yeah I did it as well for this podcast I booked you in without actually knowing how to do a podcast I thought well I've got to learn I've got to take action now and and that's it and I said to you just before this that and before I did my podcast as well I I procrastinated for ages and definitely had my my procrastination pants on and not my big pants at that point because you you almost have this fear of oh, what if no one listens and I want it to be right and it's, you know, it's almost back to that kind of perfectionism that you're trying to get to. Yeah. But actually, good is good enough. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I, I, it just came to me one day, I was like, that's it. When I almost stopped thinking about it and stopped procrastinating over it, it came. Mm-hmm. I think that's important yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. So we've obviously talked about how we're connecting with our own kind of thoughts <sighs> and feelings about taking action if we are um, not feeling very confident about something. What we've not kind of mentioned just yet is that comparison to others, right? Which is massive, isn't it? Especially in today's world of being so easily compared to other people on social media, all this, that and the other. Um, Is that something you see that's a big impact on a lot of people in who you're coaching? Yeah, massive. So I think um, comparisonitis, and I think there's a famous quote, isn't there, from um, Theodore Roosevelt, who said, comparison is the thief of joy. And it's so, so true. And and it happens all the time. And I suffer from it as well. And somebody described the other morning as, you know, when you're scrolling through everything on social media, you're looking at it, I think he described it as doom scrolling, which I really liked. I was like, yeah, that's actually what we do. And it makes us miserable because suddenly we're going... 
oh, look at that coach over there. What are they doing? Look at them with their clients. Mm. Look, why haven't I got that many clients? Why am I not? But I think the thing with comparison is we're putting the focus in the wrong place. So we're focusing on other people mm. and not what we, not on us. Yeah. And that's where the focus should be. But it's really hard. It's yeah. really, really hard. And it, it comes in all forms. So social media clearly is a, a driver, an impact, or has an impact. Yeah. Um, but also I think I see it in some of my corporate clients as well where they're maybe in meetings and they're looking at people around the table and thinking, why couldn't I have said that like she said that mm. or he said that? Why, why, why wasn't I able to answer that question like that? But I guarantee you most of the time we're back to that perceived, that perception and that perceived thing again mm. is that they're not giving it a second thought about how you answered it. They're thinking about their own. They've got their own stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but I think with comparison you know what if you've got to compare yourself with anybody compare yourself to the yesterday you yes that's brilliant yeah yeah yeah. um i sillily listened to another podcast last night with somebody else i was like oh that was really good what am i doing (laughs) you know um but comparing yourself to your yesterday you that's definitely what we try and promote here in the gym I and mean, we get everybody logging their workouts and you know they come around to do uh, a bench we call it benchmark workouts mm. um so that they compare them versus them now to a few months back few we we obviously have a competitive element so to to really help people try and push their limits mm. versus other people to see how far they can go mm. but ultimately it's you versus you mm. and and to get too far into the competitive mindset kind of does a disservice sometimes as well and actually everybody's different aren't they as well so if you you know if you pitted yourself pitted yourself against another fitness coach for example they're going to offer different things to what you offer and it's it's the same in coaching Mm. we're all completely different so there's no point in Mm. comparing there's just no point yeah we've all got our own own stories our own experiences um, I did a business course uh, the Keepers of Influence business course uh, that Daniel Priestley um runs and one of the first days on that course um was all about us building a lego tower and we all had the same bricks but every there's like 30 40 people in that room and everybody built a completely different tower and they just that was just his visual representation of showing like however you set out to do something it's gonna be different to everybody else and there's no point in worrying what other people are doing because You've got your own way of doing things, your own thoughts, and, and I think it's brilliant. That like for me, really like set everything yeah. into perspective that day. Really visual as well. I yeah. always remember in the store that there was five of us in my management team, and each one of us cashed up the till differently. We all counted out the float differently, and I always remember one of my assistant managers going, "I don't get how you do that." And I was like, but I don't get how you do that. But we get to the same result yeah, yeah. at the end. So what does it matter how That's we get it. there? But yeah, but and and your Lego tower is is a really great point. And everyone will always see things differently. They'll mm. always see a different perspective mm-hmm. on things. I'm I'm also an um, an NLP practitioner. What's that? So neuro linguistic programming, yep. sort of about mindset and how you see things. And they have some um, presuppositions of NLP, and one of them is the map is not the territory. And what that means is that everybody's map of the life and world is different, mm-hmm. and you should respect that. Yeah, yeah, that's good as well. Yeah, yeah. and that's one of the one, one the things that stick with you. That's one of the things that you know everybody has a a different opinion, and and 
it's sometimes it's hard for us to see that but I absolutely you know but if you can put yourself in the other people's shoes and realize actually the map's not the territory it's not the same for you as it is for me yeah then great so I guess this comparison aspect links into what is known as imposter syndrome as well was that right yes and no so imposter syndrome is a really interesting as they call it phenomenon okay I have to say it like that because otherwise I can't feel it. <laughs> um, and I've done quite a bit of re- research on imposter syndrome. Um, and there's, if anybody thinks they've got it, one great person that's done a load of research on it is a lady called Claire Yosa. Mm-hmm. Um, and her her research basically kind of says that actually imposter syndrome is about who we are, whereas confidence and self doubt is about what we do or what we think we can and can't do. Okay. So there's quite a difference there. Right. Imposter syndrome is where you might hear yourself saying, who am I to say that? So who am I to stand up in front of these people and talk about confidence? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas actually me saying, can I do this podcast? is more about self-doubt and about having confidence to right. do it. Okay. So there's quite a difference. But yeah. I think what's happened over the last few years is imposter syndrome has become a well-known, trendy, if you like, phrase. And people have got, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. When actually if you dig deeper, then it's self-doubt that they're dealing with. Uh-huh. Now... Um, not to go on forever about it, but I think that there are ways that we deal with things. Um, and I think comparisonitis is, is can be a, a, a imposter syndrome script, if you like, something that we run where we yeah. start to think, oh, well, I'm, I'm not good enough. There's that I'm not good enough again. Yeah. It's at that deeper level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to read more about it, I definitely recommend her book okay. um, called Ditching Imposter yeah, Syndrome. Yeah, we'll put that in the, the notes yeah, of the podcast yeah. then. All, all, this, all these people that we've referred to will pop on the well, notes. Yeah, great, yeah, really great, really great read. Um, and some really practical stuff she's got in there as well and some research that she's done. So, yeah, really, it's really interesting to read it and think when people are saying it, do they have it or are they, is it something else? Yeah. Oh, interesting, I'll have a little yeah. read of that for sure. Um, so obviously here we're very much about physical health, linking that with mental health. How much do you think confidence uh, plays a part of somebody's mental belief in terms of the physical aspect? It's a really interesting one, this for me. So you sent me, you sent me that question beforehand. Yeah. I was thinking about this, thinking actually, I wonder how much this is a personal thing. So my what my version, here we go, here's the map is not the territory example, yeah. I guess. My version of healthy might be quite different to yours, but I think there is a definite link between how you feel about that and then what your self-belief is. Mm-hmm. So clearly, if you are feeling like you're in a good place mentally and physically, your self-belief will be much higher yeah. than if you're dissing yourself and you're saying, oh, I, you know, there's no way I can do that. With, oh, oh, I just can't get that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do it like that. Um, I think there is a definite link, but my view on that is that actually it's personal. Mm-hmm. So I know that I'm feeling much better when I've been out for a run in the morning or I've been for a walk than if I'm just sat at my desk all day. Yeah, so, and that's the reason. Because the head's clearer. Yeah. Um, in terms of your thought process. And yeah. Everything. You've processed things. Yeah. You maybe set up for the day. Clearly, there's hormones are running. The adrenaline's all going. Exactly. Things, yeah. yeah. So I think there is a definite link. But I, I do wonder how individual that might be mm-hmm. with individual people. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously you could have people that are 
super physical but put them in another scenario and they might have really low self-esteem yeah. or low confidence you know it's just you can't kind of flip one into the other but I guess you I mean what I tend to use a lot is from my physical world I I know I'm able to overcome a lot of challenges in the physical world and I will try and it, when I'm in another situation I'll try and pull from that yeah and so again it's the experience right and mm. you could flip that on the other side right if somebody's new to the a physical world then you know a fitness arena that they're not used to but then they might be a very good speaker they might be you know a, a business person and run a, a huge company or, or anything or not even that big but you know have had those experiences in that side that they can then transfer across yeah and I'd always say to somebody in terms of confidence is think about when you're at your most confident Mm-hmm. and what's going on for you at that point mm-hmm. so where are you what are you wearing who are you with what are you doing how does it smell you know how does how does it feel generally and then what can you take from that into exactly what you said the, the situations where you feel less confident mm-hmm. because and I call it your one thing what's your one thing that you can whip out of your back pocket and go oh here's my trump card you know here's mm-hmm. here's the thing that I'm bringing that you've just said you know is that my ability to overcome things is it my ability to problem solve or mm-hmm. is it my ability to add value? Whatever that is, you'll have something from those situations that are transferable, yeah. without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. And would you say that's part of what you would say to someone if they're really struggling to take that first step to try something new? Is that, mm. what, would you say, what three things would you typically typically say to them I guess oh god right everyone's individual in coaching but I think three and, and I was struggling to think to nail down like three yep. th- three things because everything's individual but I think the first thing I say is practice and for me that would be confidence is a practice we want to anything we want to be good at we practice which we've already said and I have this whole you know act as if so act as if you are confident mm-hmm. don't fake it don't wing it because that's not sustainable um, and there's another great quote that says, don't don't wait until you're confident to show up. Show up until you're confident. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is practice. Yeah. Take the first step. Make it small, manageable chunks. The second thing is big pants, because it's all about taking action. Mm-hmm. Pull up your big pants, whatever they look like for you. Nothing's going to change unless you take action. And also, for me, big pants are about having the courage to do it. They give you that courage, that physical action yeah. of pulling them And, off. like, taking action, that could be just the smallest of steps, oh God, right? Yeah. Just something, just so minute. It's just sending you a little bit along that journey. It's, yeah. It's meaning you're moving, you're progressing onwards. Exactly. Small steps still move you forward. Yeah. Don't know. They still, you know. Um, and I think, and we've talked about fail. And then the third thing for me is, do you know what? It's better an ups than a what if. <laughs> so it's better to go, oh, whoops, that didn't quite go yeah. wide planned, than to go, oh, but what if I'd have done that? Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So they're the, probably the three things for me, I think, that um, they're maybe not, they're not coachy things, are they? But they're things that stick with people that you go, do you know what, is it better to do, to go and give it a go? See how it goes? You might yeah. surprise yourself. Yeah. It's quite likely that you, it's And it's go. normally that, that, that fear of, I guess, looking like an idiot in front of other people, that comparison, actually, which doesn't normally happen mm. right <laughs> someone else um said a few people that i've heard say this recently actually is that you know we'll we'll never be fearless there'll always be an element yeah. of that but we can fear less 
I'm loving all these yeah. sayings. I'm going to write all these down yeah. and pop them on the wall. <laughs> there is another great book actually called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, which That's, is quite, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is really great. Yeah. And, and it's quite a small book as well, so if you're not into kind of all these big textbooks, which I'm often not. Um, that's quite a, a really good one just to a lot of it helps you to realize that a you're not on your own in the fear and everyone mm. has it and also how you can take away some of the power that it has over you great great cool is there anything else like any more gleam of wonderful <laughs> advice you can give us to help us be more confident in in life i mean we could talk all day about we could talk, oh, well, all I could day. talk a day about this <laughs> No, look, I think that probably the biggest thing is just to practice. Confidence is like a muscle, right? So however you go about building your muscles up with anything else, confidence is exactly the same. Be brave, be courageous, go out there, give it a go. Fantastic. Give it a go. Yeah, just we've got to tra- train on into it. <laughs> like coming to the gym, it's a muscle. Let's uh, just keep practicing, yeah. practicing. Brilliant. Um, how can people reach you? Obviously, you've got a wealth of, of knowledge. Um, if people are you know, struggling with confidence mm. and they want to connect with you, how can they... Uh, so my website's you? probably all the point... Has has everything on there, if yeah. you like, and that's enrichmentcoaching.co.uk. Um, I'm mainly on LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, I also have a podcast called Confidence Conversations where I've done similar to this and I've talked to people more about their confidence journey. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting to get different perspectives. And also, uh, there's a few men on there as well, so it's really interesting to hear how they see confidence so a lot of the women talk about confidence in terms of um building it and making it stronger and how that you know how they've overcome it and the guys tend to talk more about um confidence comes from coming back from adversity oh which interesting. Is really interesting yeah yeah so um so yeah and feel free to yeah connect with me on linkedin instagram or go to the website so that's enrichment coaching enrichmentcoaching.co.uk yeah Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on, like I said, the very first podcast. I feel so much more confident now, having taken action, practiced along the way and ready to to plough on. Thank you so much, Gail. Well done, Claire. Thanks for having me. (laughs)